give in. Yeah. And that would, for me, over the years, and I'm talking the last 20 years, some of the, you know, worst defeats we've had in maroon jerseys, you know, I'm not saying like we gave in, but it felt like we did, you know, had bad defeats. And when things go wrong for Galway, they really go wrong. But we didn't give in today. And even though we were down to 13, you know, by the end of the, by the final whistle, like, you know, we were still attacking. John Daly, I think, kicked the last point of the game. It was a great score. But when I looked at John Maher today and I looked at Carl Sweeney, uh, Johnny McGrath, as I said already, like, I saw battlers, like, and sure. I saw, I saw guys that were willing to stand up and fight for the Galway jersey, like, and, you know, I think there's a, you know, good bit of substance behind this Galway team. And that's why I hate it when we, when, when Galway lose, but, you know, I did see positives today and, you know, I left Pear Stadium today thinking, you know, this, I don't think this is going to be um, remembered by the end of the year, you know, from a Galway point of view. I think this team has, uh, you know, they have a lot more in their story for the for going forward. The Maroon and White Pod brought to you by CityLink. For bookings, timetables, updates and any other information, head to citylink.ie. Belonging to the Maroon and White Pod, I'm joined this evening by Frankie Burke and Alan Flynn to look back on Goa's defeat to Derry in round four of the National Football League, where Goa lost on a final scoreline of 310 to 111. Alan, coming to you first, what did you make of today? Um... I, I suppose I came into the game feeling um, that Galway would have to be playing play very, very well to compete with with Derry after what I suppose I'd seen Derry on the telly and, and in the in the first few rounds um, of the champ- or the league. And considering, I suppose, the, the, the team that they're putting out at the moment and stuff, so a pretty strong outfit um, based off their championship team last year. So... Um, with the numbers that Galway have down and I suppose the forum going into this game I was thinking that Galway would would might struggle you know um, and in many ways Paul I would have, I, I was presently surprised really because I felt you know albeit the scoreline um, even during stages of the game didn't look pleasant but I, I felt that there was probably just a few passages of play that that went against Galway or they didn't uh, finish off a couple of chances. But generally, I thought they were very competitive, like, and um thought they did a lot of good things in the game. Um, as I said, probably not clinical enough with a, a couple of things. There were a couple of changing, you know, opportunities that came up and then they went down the far side and got scored. So that changed the whole, whole setting of the game. But I suppose, essentially, I came out of the game feeling probably two things. Number one, that Galway had something to... To, to come away with the game, you know, obviously disappointed that they didn't get the two points. But I think there's things that you could say, well, they're definitely improving in a couple of areas and a couple of players have improved again since last weekend. And just personally, I came away feeling that Derry are far from the finished article from what I've seen there. I, like, I, I probably expected a bit more, Paul, to be honest. um, I'd say, like, you're probably looking at 12 or 13 of their starting team there. Um, McKinless wasn't playing and obviously they're missing their keeper. Um, you know, maybe one or two more might, you know, kind of come in. Cormac Murphy there, the wing forward from the last, uh, mm. broke his, I think he broke his finger there or something. But, um, so you might, you know, there might be two or three, but like mainly their main midfield was there, the four or five of the defenders were there, four, at least four of the forwards were there. And, you know, I, I think all would be, were, were a match for them. And, and particularly if they could add and get a few of these lads back. Um, which we'll probably get to again later on, but um, yeah, that's so that's kind of how I felt about it, really. You know, I think that's the thing, Frankie. A lot of people from this game feel we competed with Derry well at stages. We're missing a lot of players, so it's it's hard in one sense to grasp where we're kind of at at the moment, considering the bodies that are down. Yeah, I think um, just with it being a Six Nations weekend as well, and you're looking at Jack Crowley playing for Ireland there, and a lot of the um, former players and media saying that it'd probably take 15 to 20 games to kind of get into the swing of things at top level sport. And I think the same applies to a lot of the players that we were watching today for Galway. Um, when you take players like Damien Palmer, Shane Walsh, Paul Conroy, Killian McDade, you know, out of the, the start in 15, it's very hard to 
you know, expect these players to just sit, jump in and replace them and perform to the levels that those guys have been performing at over the last three or four years. So, like Alan as well, like, I was pleasantly surprised, even though we lost. And as Galway fans, you know, we we always want Galway to win. But um, I was very happy with uh, a lot of aspects of the performance today, especially, like, the, you know, the application, the work rate. Um, new players like John Maher and Carl, uh, Carl Sweeney, Johnny McGrath, you know, these are new players to the panel. They haven't been around a long time. And, you know, they're they're showing really, really well. Like, I like their... You know, their aggressiveness and the tackle. I like their work rate, you know, and I like the confidence that they that they show. They're they're willing to, you know, to almost take leadership roles. Mm-hmm. Um, even even though they're not long on the panel. So yeah, there was loads of positives from today. As I said, even though, you know, we all went Galway to win, but you know, we don't always get our own way. But yeah, no, very very positive in certain aspects. If we're just to look at the game to start with, early on, Alan, dare I get that point from Shane McGuigan? And we're probably saying, as a Galway team, it's just vital to stay in this game for as long as we can. But Derry make the perfect start, 1-1 to no score. Oh, McAvoy has a fantastic finish. It did really open up for him. But it was nearly, a, you could say, a disastrous start in one sense from Galway. Ah, uh, yeah, it was very, very difficult to start. Like, but um, I suppose the two, those the, the goals for uh, obviously the the second was a penalty, but the first and the third goal for Derry, I thought were very similar. Really, you know that they're very, very good in, in tight areas, like in terms of retaining possession, but but still in many ways moving forward. Like, you know, that's one thing I like about them that even though that they look like they're tied up a little bit at times, they're they're still moving forward. I I felt defensively. Um, over the over the the hour or the seventy five minutes, eighty minutes, whatever it was, we you know there was a lot a lot of good stuff, great work as Frankie says there, great work rate and stuff. But I, for the two goals, I think defensively we were opened. I I think our body position were was wrong on on a couple of the on those breaks, like because we were facing the ball and the and the the Derry guys were going in over the top and the hand, the hand pass was put in over the top on, on a couple of occasions and they get the goal chance. They're running straight at the goal, you know, um, obviously easier said than done, but I thought we were caught a little bit on that. Um, even for the, for the third, the third goal that they got, you know, it, it was just a guy kind of pointing into the space that the hand pass was put in and they're running onto the ball. And it was very similar. Like I, I, I've no doubt that the, the, you know, when the lads are looking back on that this week, um, it, 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 their goals that that defensively you'd be you'd be disappointed with, like you know, and and they came in they came in very centrally as well, like so the shot was nearly on as soon as the ball came into the 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 runner's hands, you know. Um, so like obviously you're 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 four down straight away and you're under pressure, but in fairness, I thought Galway they battled very well and they had to, you know, the 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 breeze was very difficult, like and. Um, like I, I think if if everyone's been honest, I suppose you're four down against Derry and they're they're motoring well over the last few weeks. You're thinking this could be this could get very hairy here, like in the in the, in the first half, and they're playing it with the breeze. But I thought Galway battled very well and this controlled a lot of aspects of the game in the first half. Then to kind of bring themselves back into it. Just there, Alan, when you touch on the shape, were in the particular in that first half, were we nearly dropping off too deep? Um. I, I, I see. I, I think at times with that Paul, particularly, I would say, like I'll put it like this to you: against Mayo versus Derry today, I think are two different scenarios. I felt against Mayo, yes, we we were, we would drop a little bit too early, but against Derry, it's a lot more difficult, and in the, because simply because the Derry defenders are running, driving forward, away ahead of the ball, away from the ball, they're they're looking to bring players with them. Uh, and bring them into your half. So in many ways, you have actually no choice but to you're 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 going defensive because you're actually playing the team game and you're tracking men, and they want to set the terms of engagement in your half. So it's very difficult to kind of hold shape and get. Pr- you can't essentially press the ball because they're happy enough. For instance, for um, a Chris McKeg or a, or their keeper for that matter to have the ball with no support. Um, with all the other players gone forward until they get the ball into their, into, into the opposition half. So, um, uh, to be honest, Paul, I, I think that 
you know, they're they were probably doing what they had to do, and I think it's it was compounded then by the fact that they were playing against um the breeze. It felt to me for where I was anyway, I know it was probably swirling a bit, but they looked like that they were playing against a stiff enough breeze in that first half. So um I mean, in many ways, they were right what they did because they 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 tied it up then a little bit. As Frankie mentioned of some of the turnovers. I thought John Maher was outstanding in the game. I thought his work rate was exceptional. Um, and going in very aggressively out near the stand there two or three times in the first half, he was absolutely brilliant. The work rate out of him. And he, as Frankie mentioned there, and he's right on this, like like John had to really kind of carry uh, the fight there around the middle of the field. And you think he's up against an all-star midfield. And... Um, I thought he was exceptional today. Uh, it was the best game I've seen him playing, uh, probably going back to the the the, the league final in, in, in Crow Park. You know, I thought he was really, really good. And um, he showed a lot of aggression. I think he played the game um, that he needs to play around the middle of the field um, and let some of the other guys do the attacking. And for him to be that aggressive type of midfielder, bossing around the middle and let, and let the halfbacks or the half forwards away then to score, you know. Frankie, I'm just interested to get your views here too. Like, we continuously got the ball in our half-back time, but as an inside forward, do you think the transition needs to be quicker there? Because it seemed only in certain stages when John Daly gets the ball, he was obviously comfortable kicking it. But then when other players got it, there was just, just this tendency, I suppose with the way a lot of teams are these days, just maybe to go for that safe hand pass. Yeah, but I think uh, it depends on certain things. Like, as Alan said, right, the first half, Galway were playing against a stiff enough breeze. Mm. And that's always, especially in Salt Hill, that's always going to have um, uh, have a say in whether you're going to be giving in, you know, quick first-time ball, kick pass and whatever. Time of the year as well, you know, like it's probably the wrong, you know, the wrong place. Salt Hill isn't, isn't um, compatible with that sort of football in, in February. Um, then you have other things like, you know, with a lot of young players, with a lot of players probably playing in positions, well, not with a lot, maybe like the likes of Niall Daly probably hasn't played uh, full forward that much at this level. Um, uh, same thing with some of the guys in the in the, the half-back line as well. I think it's just, it takes time. And I think, I'm not saying that we played it safe or whatever, but, um, you know, I think maybe one thing we did lack inside was um, a bit of pace. Um, I thought Robert Finnerty actually played very well in the first half, um, and he's probably he was probably the only natural inside forward in there, um. So I think yeah, there's different factors play a role. Um, I think the weather, I think the breeze had a lot to play with it in the first half, and then obviously going into the second half, then you're maybe a few points down, and you know you're you're chasing the game a little bit. So um, yeah, I no, I I think, I I think we did we played it maybe. A little bit safe, but I don't think that maybe, you know, if we had Damien Cormer and Shane Walsh on the pitch, it's obviously a different story, you know. How difficult was, like, looking on, just looking at Robert Finnerty today, because, like, he has Chrissy McCaig hanging off him, and we know Chrissy McCaig is one of the top mm. man-makers in the country, but you're nearly expecting a score off him every time, but it's it's so difficult because when he won the ball, he still had so much to do. Yeah, and I, like, I think, obviously... Players play better with better players around them. Um, I think did he kick? He definitely kicked one from playing the first half anyway, and he was shown. He did. He was out in front, you know. But the way modern football is, you're out in front, you win the ball. It's it's so tight back there. It's so compact back there that there's not a lot you can actually do with it. And you often find that corner forward might be out in front. He might win a ball, and within two seconds, the ball is back where it came from because it's not a whole lot you can do with it. You just you kind of have to keep going and going again until someone in the defence falls asleep and there is a quick hand pass and a runner coming through. But like it, it's it's very rare nowadays where you see inside forwards out in front win the ball, turn over the bar. It's not as common as it used to be. So maybe like you, a lot of people are judging for inside forwards on those, um, you know, we'll say old-fashioned, you know, principles or old-fashioned... Um, ways of looking at the game so um yeah i think i think he went well uh, i thought nile daly actually showed very well for the ball and i think we could have used him a little bit more like he's six foot six um i thought we could have played with a bit more depth in the full forward line closer to goal so when i thought would have a nile daly in there why not throw in one or two i think if i'm not mistaken robert finnerty's score came from a high ball into nile daly 
Mm -hmm. It might have been a missed kick from Carl Sweedy, but Daly, with his size, put the keeper under pressure. Uh, Finnerty picked up the the breaking ball and over the bar with the right foot. So I thought we could have used that, you know, a little bit more, especially against the wind. Just leave it in there and leave it hanging and see what happens. Alan, we talked there about a tough start, but Brendan Rodgers getting the black card. It's obviously a big turning point. Derry go ahead, one three to two, but Keane Darcy's goal, it's it's a great move by Galway, but it was it was a great response on 25 minutes to be back within a point against Derry. That uh, was massive, massive. And I I think Galway um they showed, you know, they, they probably deserved that that score but after because of what they had done. Um uh, but uh, interestingly as well, I suppose the fact that you know it was Keane that came from uh, you know around that central channel, I suppose, with 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 Rogers gone, um, it probably unbalanced them a little bit because they're very structured, obviously, Derry with the way they're set up and getting man back and glass kind of falls in there in behind the half back line and getting in front of the full back line. So I suppose there was a gap there. And in fairness, um Again, you know, similar as well to, to Derry's score the goals. Like, you know, it was the little one-two and the passing over the top. And all of a sudden the gap was there. And he finished it, he finished it very well into the into the corner. So it was a great it was a great goal and a good tonic for Goa to get back in. I think it gave them a lot of um, encouragement then in terms of going going forward um, to, to get to halftime and to, to be competitive and be in the game at halftime, I think was going to be... Um, a really positive result for, for, for the first half showing, like, you know. The real killer, Frankie, in that first half when we were kind of getting it back, we kept getting it back to a point and you were nearly hoping to go in level in one sense at halftime, but Derry just in the first half always seems to stretch that lead out to two points. Yeah, um, that probably has a lot to do with the fact that, look, Derry, we're forgetting, Derry were at almost full strength today, you know, and they're on a upward trajectory. They've been playing together for two or three years now. And a lot of those guys playing one club all Ireland this year as well. Um, you know, they were a high quality outfit. They're top of the league for a reason. And um, you know, in fairness to Galway, we are, you know, we're trying players. Um, and we hung in there. And that's as I think we we did as well as what could have been expected today. Um, you know, Derry it, Derry did get the goal in the first half, and that was probably the you know the difference um for a lot of that first half. I know Keane Darcy bagged one back as well, but um, you know, they're high quality outfit, and you know, I don't see it being overly negative, maybe, you know, trailing by one or two points, especially playing against that breeze in the first half. So, you know, I think we did as well as what could have been expected in that first half. Just with that, you mentioned John Mayer uh, did really well in the first half. Keane Darcy did well at stages as well in the first half. With that and saying that, Alan, Conor Glass does very well, but he's just, mm. a, he's just a player you're not going to limit. I think it's his third point out in the right. Um, it's it's difficult enough conditions, as we mentioned, but I was just looking back the replay of that point he got, and it's... Yeah. From being on the line in Pierce Stadium, that's just a tremendous score he gets. Yeah, unreal. And and <clears throat> it's amazing after the after after the Keen Darcy, I suppose this shows the kind of, kind of leadership he has now and the confidence he's building within himself as well. That after the goal came, and as you rightly said, like you, you know, you're you're getting a lift off that and Derry are to go up the field, and he's the one that's coming off the shoulder to get a point back again and bring it back to two. Um like they the two midfielders himself and and Rogers uh, Rogers I thought was a bit qu was quite enough today to be honest but um they still finished with four points like uh, one of them was a mark for for glass but like it's a serious return for a midfielder that's that's it as a pairing as a pairing anyway whatever individually as a pairing they're probably the best pairing uh, mid midfield pairing in in the country at the moment as I say I thought Rogers was quiet maybe the black cards uh, put him off kilter a little bit but um. You know, positioning wise, uh, Glass, um, like he really has a good understanding of where he needs to be when the opposition have the ball, and obviously then when, when Derry have the ball, um, he loves coming onto that wing, onto that right pocket, um, uh, off the shoulder and 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 swinging it over the bar, and you saw that with Glenn as well. Like so, he's he's uh, his timing at coming off the shoulder and his timing to get into position, um, out of possession as well is 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 really good. Either like. They're very, very strong around the middle of the field, and and that's why that's why I have great admiration for for John, 
uh, there uh, around the middle um, because obviously the Galway midfield is not as established as as theirs at the moment anyway you know um, and but I that John's performance today should give him a lot of confidence for what he can do later on in the year you know when you know please God Paul is back Matthew Tierney is back they're two guys are two options for the middle of the field Keen Darcy will have more time game time around the middle of the field uh, between the league and the kind of championship because ultimately you're talking the rest of the league. Um, the Connacht Championship and then into the All-Ireland Series group games and then, please God, then get out of the group and then you're into the knockout stages of the All-Ireland campaign. So, like, there's still a lot of game time before, I suppose, let's call it the the the, the knockout football starts and uh, in, at least in the All-Ireland Series. So, um, maybe you're, you have more options then and and guys are more familiar with, 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 with where they're going to be playing and uh, the players around them as well, you know? In that first half, we did leave a couple of chances. McHugh hits the post, Liam O'Connell hits one short, Robert Finnerty hit one wide, I think Carl Sweeney too. Like There's still three or four chances, so there has to be positive in creating those opportunities. But just after half time, Frankie, you're nearly looking again for just a good start to get off the mark straight away here. But there you get that penalty. It's, it's hard to see that it is a penalty, really. Between Baker, obviously, there and Malloy get caught. Baker gets the point. Just from being at the game, I think everyone was nearly accepting that it was just going to be a Baker point and a Gleason kick up, but then they get the penalty. What did, what did you think of all that? Yeah, well, I think just before that, um, we had our own goal chance where um, I think it was Niall Daly, ball bounced in over the top, yeah. and he went one on one with the keeper. Now, a great save with the keeper. Um, should he have gone around the keeper? Who knows? Um, what would you have done in that situation? Well, who knows? Who knows? Uh, he'd have been dancing. He'd have been dancing around him, I think. Penalty. Chip the keeper. Definitely. <laughs> um, no, like it came to him quick. He turned. Keeper made the save. Whatever came back. Missed the second one. That happens. Um, but I think it was less less than two minutes later. Ball goes down the other end. And it's the second goal for Derry. And I know it's a cliche, but that's a six-point swing. You know, if we bag that goal... It's a different game from that kick out and we're well in the game and everything else that follows doesn't happen. Maybe Derry's second goal and the two cards that led after that. Like that put us down to 13. Yeah. But yeah, I think that that's, they're huge turning points. Um, You know, cliches are cliches for a reason. You have to take your scores and, you know, when they, when they arise and, you know, at that level you will get punished, you know. So... Uh, in terms of the, the the goal or the penalty you're talking about, I actually I thought the same. I thought we were going to uh, just see a Derry point and a Gleason kick out, but it was a double blow. Then like double whammy, they got the penalty and the black card from Malloy. So you know, and I think leading on to that, then I know we got a second black before the third goal, but I think the third goal comes from the fact that we were outnumbered. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, it was. Guys were getting drawn to the ball carrier, and then this it's a numbers game after that. And then you, you just see a tap in at the back post. We see that all the time, you know, especially yeah. at the top level. Dublin were brilliant at doing that over the years. So, you know, I don't think we were, were as far off as maybe what the scoreline was suggesting, you know, halfway through the second half. Like, you know, two small little things there, and, you know, we could have won the game today. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with that, Frankie. And, um, I think that's the thing It's kind of makes it a bit, a bit of a strange feeling coming out of the game because it wasn't a case that, you know, like there was a stage there, I think, where we were nine down uh, after the third goal. Um, um, and as you say, when that ball goes in over the top, like I'd say, like it, it, for the players and for the management, like I'd say there's every chance that that was a set play there like because it's the 36 minutes. We're only, we're less than two minutes into the second half and... Um, John Daly gets that ball and he and he and he floats it in and the two Derry guys go in in under it and the ball hops to Niall and it was actually um sorry it was actually fin Finnerty just went up he just threw himself yeah yeah I don't think he connected with the ball but he just, I don't think so yeah sometimes that's like you know I played with Damien Horner for years with the club sometimes if you just send it in you know it causes chaos things yeah. can happen you know absolutely um, around a smaller Finnerty feeding. You know, they caused the chaos and the ball fell to Daly, but... Yeah. It, was, it was probably, you know, I suppose, ideally, you know, it would have been a a dummy like Porrick's in, 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 in 98, you know what I mean? Just stepping yeah. off his right onto his left, but 
I suppose Niall hasn't been in the situation. Now, I, I should, I, 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 you know, I should say, and I, I'd like to say, like in fairness to Niall, like the 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 last time he was in in Pierce, it was against Mayo, and and you know, it didn't it didn't go as well for him. He didn't get as much time, I'm sure, as he'd like to have got. But I thought he was, as frankly mentioned it earlier on, and I thought he showed quite well. He gave us good options there. He kicked a great yeah. score. Um, and you know, so it's, so it's something that you know, as and you need a backup to Damien anyway, as 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 a as a kind of a target man. Um, so it's something that I think could be could continue on. He just probably again in front of the goal, the natural instinct of a forward to be able to just finish it off. Um, Frankie mentioned there about the going down to the the thirteen men for the for their third goal, like that. They came down the right wing at that point. Um. And it was totally uncontested, naturally enough, because we were down two players. They came in. I think Sean Kelly had to come to a man, and it was a two-on-one. And when he came to him, and Derry are so good at this, as soon as he came to him and drew him in, it was, the ball was flicked over John Daly's head. I'm pretty sure it was John or someone centrally anyway there, and then back of the net. So in many ways, you know, I mentioned about kind of maybe getting caught out of position. But in some ways, that originates from probably being a man or two down out, out the field a little bit. Um... Uh, but it did, it did had have a big impact on it. Um, uh, but like that goal, if Galway had got that goal, like I think it would have given it given a massive spark because I, I, I you did feel an energy. I, I felt an energy in the crowd even when Galway were coming out for the second half. I think there was a feeling of, geez, we're doing very well here. Like the lads are, they're putting in a great effort. And I think there's always like most supporters, you know. Um, uh, will will acknowledge effort and and I think the, the golf supporters saw great efforts in the first half and the guys were really putting it in and putting it up to Derry like you know yeah I I, I even in the few notes I have here one of my notes is we didn't give in yeah. and that would for me over the years and I'm talking the last twenty years some of the you know worst defeats we've had in maroon jerseys you know I'm not saying like we gave in but it felt like we did you know had, bad defeats and when things go wrong for Galway they really go wrong but we didn't give in today and even though we were down to 13 you know by the end of the by the final whistle like you know we were still attacking John Daly I think kicked the last point of the game was a great score but when I looked at John Maher today and I looked at Carl Sweeney uh, Johnny McGrath as I said already like I saw battlers like, and I saw I saw guys that were willing to stand up and fight for the Galway jersey like and you know, I think there's a, you know, good bit of substance behind this Galway team, and that's why I hate it when we when when Galway lose. But you know, I did see positives today, and you know, I left Pear Stadium today thinking, you know, this, I don't think this is going to be um remembered by the end of the year. You know, right. from a Galway point of view, I think this team has a, you know, they have a lot more in their story for the for going forward. Just there when you're mentioning, I suppose, Derry having that extra man, there's one key example there, Frankie. Sean Kelly does tremendous. He wins a sideline right in the corner, but you could even see on John Daly, I suppose, wins. He takes that sideline and Derry just have that squeeze on us where he really has nowhere else to go. Yeah, I suppose, you know, in modern football, like everything is analysed to, you know, to the hilt and like a, a line ball right back in your own corner flag is um you know it is it's very hard to work it out you know and teams are very good at mining the space and 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 cutting out your options you know so um it was just one of those things where you know Derry put the squeeze on and they forced a mistake out of Galway and you know that just happens so you know, there's much more to be said about it you know just on that, what well, well, Frankie touched on there, uh, Alan, about the battle. I know you mentioned we we're nine points down, and probably when that third goal goes in, the game is nearly done. But we still keep battling, even not to throw in the towel late on and and get some scores there. Ah, uh, yeah, definitely. And um, you know, it was it was a lot of the same, really. You know, um, uh, a lot of energy, um, lads coming off the shoulder, um. I think uh, you know, O'Currian came in there as well and 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 kicked a couple of points in the second half. It did very well, I suppose. We, you know, it, it has to be said as well, though. Um, 
you know, there's a lot of good stuff. I have no doubt, though, with poor standards that, 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 you know, I think there was like, you know, we scored, we had 12 scores. I think there was like 28 scoring chances in, in the game, yeah. you know. And I, I, I think, like, ultimately, it probably comes back to just the quality that's up front and maybe the experience up front as well. Like, in, in time, you know, some of the players, you know, um, Liam O'Connelly and, and O'Curry and these guys, they could be mainstays and, and have every chance to be mainstays at their forward line. Um, but right now, you know, um, as, as a collective, as a unit, um, we're, we're passing up chances. There's, there's balls going into the goalie's hands. If the goal chances are, are not going in, we're not scoring enough. Like, there's, there's, like, that's the reality. Like, we're not, we're not scoring enough, uh, um, even across the, the, the four games. Um, you know, our, 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 our our scoring totals are, are not the, are not in any way near the, the level required. But um, uh, so that'll be a disappointment that's to work on. And I suppose it'll be a lot easier work on that if we get some of our uh, main forwards back. But I think it's probably, and you know, I suppose, Paul, it comes to a stage where you're kind of going, um, you know, while... You know, I suppose May is still a while away yet. You'd like to be, you'd like to at least hear uh, or see some of these guys getting, uh, being able to present themselves for, you know, 15, 20 minutes even, you know, because like as, as Frankie knows there, like it's, it's one thing, you know, getting through a session and maybe a two or three sessions and kind of been making yourself available and being available to play. It's a totally different thing. Um, Playing, playing 60 minutes, 70 minutes, 80 minutes um, of of National League Division One football or, or championship football. So um, there's a there's a period of time that's going to be required as well for, for these players that are out injured to get themselves up to speed, you know. And I suppose, um, you know, we're in game four of the league. There's three more rounds of this. Um, London, playing London is not that far away. And while Galway will you know, should be well able to take care of London. I suppose it's more about kind of having enough games uh, for the lads that are missing to get up to speed before you will play uh, knockout football. Yeah, and you're probably seeing that play out live with Kieran Malloy and Sean Kelly at the moment. Yeah. You know, they've been out for a long time. Uh, Kieran Malloy's been out for, was it a year? Yeah. Um, cruciate, with a cruciate and, and Sean Kelly maybe... I don't know, maybe six, seven months. And they're just finding their way at the moment, like top quality players. And, you know, it takes even experienced players like that. It's It takes them time to kind of, to kind of get used to the pace of the game again, you know, at that, at that level. So uh, I think that that is a good example of, um, it's been out live now and what you're saying about the, the these guys that are out, the, the, the Tierney's, the Comers, the Walshits, Conroy's, Jack Lynn's, um, you know, it will take them. Yeah. Time. And, you know, we don't have a lot of time, but, you know, let's, let's see how they go when they come back. Just before we touch on a couple of faces maybe that we didn't see today that could feature against Monaghan and that Monaghan game, because ultimately that's now became uh, a four-pointer, you could say. It's the relegation battle. But just something I was looking at before uh, he came on the podcast, Johnny McGrath's performance today was absolutely oh. exceptional. Keeps McGuigan scoreless. If you look at the stats over the league, McGuigan scoreless from play, Derek Canavan, we seen what he done last night, two from play, Ben O'Carroll, one from play, and Ryan O'Donoghue scoreless from play. Like, they're tremendous stats considering the calibre of players, Alan. Uh, Johnny, Johnny, I, I watched him closely today. Johnny is, is he's, at, he's, he's at the top of his game at the moment. And he is so tenacious and tight, and he's got his upper body strength has allowed him now to get really close to it to to a forward and not feel that he's going to get a push away. You know, um, I'm I'm delighted you mentioned him because, like, uh, you you need one or two and maybe even a third defender. I suppose as the campaign goes on, you start meeting forward lines. Um, with you know three say quality finishers and Johnny now can like I I thought it was awful interesting in the first place that you know it, it was Johnny now that they saw as the go to man to take out um, McGuigan and he took him out he scored one two a penalty and two frees um, 
and really now I have to say he was helped by by the lads coming in and doubling up, but that's what you require. But like even when he got possession and the few times he did get possession, uh, he was all over him, and uh, he's a, he, like he really is a, a dynamo. I mentioned him before, uh, Paul, and I just thought he's he's a guy that is uh, he's an awful lot going from. He's a good ball player as well, so when the ball is thrown to him. He's he's willing to get to get forward to get out of of a, a spin out of a, tal- a tackle, um, great bit of stuff. Like you put him and see all of a sudden this is the thing. Like is all of a sudden like if he becomes um he becomes an option to 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 man mark a guy. Uh, you have Sean Kelly. I know we're probably all inclined to be kind of wanting Sean to be a little bit further out the field, but if Sean had to go on a man, Sean can take a man out. Um, Liam Silk is certainly able to do that. Sean Fitzgerald is getting better with each game, and he probably is more suited to a more robust type of player. But he's a very strong guy, and he's able to mark a, a, a very physical player. So now you have guys that can go and mark. Uh, I thought Dylan McHugh today showed uh, more pace coming from the wing, and I think it's something that we need uh, a little bit more of from from kind of the half back line area, not necessarily those. That, that line, but that when we win possession that we're able to break, it kind of goes back to your point, Paul, about trying to get the ball into our full forward line. But there's a certain distance that the ball needs to travel before maybe it can be delivered into whoever's in there. And we need a break quicker, I feel. I think at times we can be a bit uh, slow, but I, I I felt Dylan today was breaking that little bit faster. So was John Daly. Um, Kieran, I think Kieran is, is coming back to himself. But like, as Frankie said there, Kieran is is coming back from a cruciate injury. And in most, most the majority of players, you see it even in professional sports, the majority of players, it takes them, even when they come back, it takes them a few months to get up to speed. And, and a lot of it can be just confidence, the confidence yeah. of breaking and moving fast. It's, it's a it's a dreadful injury. And, and people, I think, underestimate the uh, the 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 oh, no, it does to your confidence, like in terms of spinning away and doing the things that you would do that you wouldn't even think about. Yeah, even when you consider how quick Kieran was back as well, he played for Kerfit in the club championship. I think he was on the panel last year against Mayo too. That game we we lost, so it was a remarkable turnaround. How quick he has been back from that cruciate. And just just on uh, on Alan's point there, Paul. Um, mm when he was talking about, you know, getting these few guys back. And I think, like, when you get Liam Silk back and Jack Lynn and, and Sean Kelly's starting and he's back 100% and then you add in Jonathan McGrath to that, that allows Dylan McHugh and John Daly and Kieran mm. to do what they do best because they don't have to worry about what's behind them. And not that they're doing that now, but, like, they're, you know, they're top, top quality players. And even... That allows Sean Kelly to get forward a lot more. He's a huge, huge threat going forward. And when you have, you know, Dylan McHugh and Kieran Malloy at full tilt and Sean Kelly at full tilt, and we still have players of that caliber, you know, at the back that you're really confident that they'll they'll keep guys, you know, quiet one on one. You know, you're not leaving anyone back there to give them a dig out like, like that. That changes um a lot, you know, and that that'll give Galway great, great, and a lot more attacking threat going forward and then teams will start worrying about Galway and it you know they're not going to be as as gung-ho as they would be because they're going like we can't you know we have to mind our house here you know just that point you mentioned there where we can start to see maybe some of this Galway half-back line driving forward the last kind of two games in particular Frankie we've seen John Daly going forward and we all know the kick pass and tread he has but how important is it for Galway to have I suppose that thread of John Daly going forward. Uh, it's huge. It's huge because, especially as an inside forward, like, you know, you have very little time and space now. And you might only, you have a short period of time to make that small little burst and maybe double back. And you want to know that you have talented players out the pitch who are playing with their heads up. Um, and in John Daly, you certainly have that. And Paul Conroy as well. And Shane Walsh, you know. um, But, like... John Daly, every time I watch him, he's always playing with his head up. He's all he's soloing up the pitch, but his head up, he's scanning, you know? And that's the difference. That's, you know, in these tight games, these high intensity, the high level games, like that's the winning and losing of a game. You know, you have a, a player that can spot a player in space, you know, and feed him. And I know 
And knowing Demo personally, like he speaks about that all the time. Like he just he loves players that can just, you know, especially he'll make a sharp burst out, you know, he's so powerful and double back quick and you know, he speaks so highly of players like John Daly and Paul Conroy. They 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 can see, you know, those 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 runs, I suppose. So I think it's hugely important. Just on this now, it's Monaghan uh, in Clonus on Sunday. Just from our forward line today, Alan, it obviously consisted of uh, Johnny Heaney, Nicole Sweeney, Kieran Malloy, Limo Knila, Niall Daly, Robert Finnerty. It's very, it's very hard to know where any of these players who weren't involved today are going to be back for Sunday. It's probably unlikely at this stage, but is there any forwards that you didn't see maybe get game time today or even Killian O'Curron who come on that you feel should see action now? Because just on that point you mentioned we're not scoring enough. Does something need to be done there to maybe just freshen it up or try something else? Yeah. Um the Killian Curry definitely he's 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 a he's a lovely striker of the ball. Like he got that chance there um on the on the on this on the opposite side of the stand and and like he had it whipped over the bar, you know, within a, a second of the ball in his hand. So I like I like his style of kicking. He's willing to take a score. Um you know, to be honest, Paul, like in terms of starting, you know, you also need guys that can come in and and it, it might have opened up a little bit. Like, you know, yourself, the way this gone now, you know, the, mm. it can be very tentative for the for the first 30 minutes. And this is going to be a this is going to be a very tough game. Like Monaghan after getting a good, uh, good trimming from from Roscommon. Um, uh, it's a it's a home game for them. And they will know that if they. And they've got out of jail a few times over the last few years. So this is this is another opportunity to kind of start that process of getting out of jail again. Um, um so yeah, I I I, I like Killian. I, I think he'll definitely get in time. He could start, you know. I suppose he didn't. He he got taken off uh, in the previous game. He came on today, got two scores. Um, so could start. Um I, I think there's something. I, I like um young Cunny and Rory Cunny. I I think there's something in him. Um again, he's starting his senior into county. Like he obviously he's a lot of experience at, at underage and stuff, but it's you know, it's a different kettle of fish. Uh, but I thought like he had a hand in, in Kyle Sweeney's goal um last week. And uh remember the ball came into him and he had the ball laid off very very quickly he just he has the instincts of a forward of a, of a good inside forward you can see it in him even down in um if you remember down the dome there in the fpd like he, he had whipped a couple of balls in the back of the net and he was only in a few minutes he just i've seen him a few times um with at club level and he just has lovely uh lovely touches for as an inside player i think there's something in him i think we mightn't see it all this year um uh, because again he's just learning his trade and He'll he'll be getting up to the speed of it and what cornerbacks do at intercounty level, but um, there's definitely something in 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 young Cunningham. I think he's he knows who the posts are and he has the instincts of an inside player. And it's hard to it's a hard thing to coach, you know. Some if you played inside in the inside line, you know, all your underage life, you you have learned things over a ten year, twelve year period like that. It's very hard for a, a guy that is just put in there. And has to figure it out uh, in the space of a few months. Um, uh, I was good, you know. Patrick Egan came in and mm. uh, showed a lot of energy. I thought in the few minutes that he, that he was there, um, you know, he could he could have a part to play coming in. I think you know at this stage for 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 the likes of Paddy Egan, I think it'd be coming off the bench. Um, the physicality, he probably is a bit to go yet on that side of it. But certainly when the game was opened up, maybe ten or fifteen minutes to go. Uh, he could give you something uh, coming in off the wing because I suppose we we're constantly talking about maybe the players that could potentially come back, but um, you know we we don't know where them players are at. So like I suppose it, it, there's 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 a chance that that you know you might get one or two, but you might necessarily get the six or seven that we're talking about. So um, it's important that the, there's a focus as well on the guys that are there. And trying to get them up to speed because there's every chance that these guys could be playing in in kind of championship and maybe beyond that as well. So, um, in fairness to Porik, I think you know O'Currin uh, has has played a good bit now. Limo Cornelia, who I actually thought like he played a little bit more today on the wing, I felt, and um, I thought he carried the ball very well. 
showed a lot of endeavour there, good work rate out of him. So he's he's learning an awful lot there as well. And as I mentioned, a couple of guys that came in. Um, you know, there's been a good bit of transition, like, you know, from the team that started in the All Ireland final, I was looking at it there um last night. Yeah. Uh there's like I think it was like seven or eight that started today that played in that game. That's only what two and a half years ago. Um so you know that's a good bit of change in, in in a short enough period of time. And the guys that are coming in haven't, as you know, Frankie mentioned at the outset, they haven't had an awful lot of football at this level. So um it's for for everyone, I suppose, it's a try we all want everyone to learn really, really quickly, but sometimes it can take that little bit longer. And um, I suppose by the end of the National League, um they will they will be a lot further on with those players than they were at the start. Let's prove that. Yeah, I, I I think I I agree, Alan. There, and in terms of the the Monaghan game, I think we're going to see without knowing the ins and outs of uh, the guys that are missing, say the first team players that are missing, without knowing the ins and outs of where they are in terms of their recovery. I think we're going to see much the same um, mm. against Monaghan of this team, like of what went out today, and I think like we're well capable of beating Monaghan. It's a tough place to go. I believe we played there a couple of years ago. Under Porrick, I think, um, where we were battling uh, relegation as well from Division One, uh, if I'm not mistaken. But, yeah, relegation semi final. Yeah, yeah. I, I think like you know, we're we're capable of beating Monaghan with this team. I think like Keen Darcy went off at half time. I presume he was injured. I think he was going very well, strong runner. He took his goal very well. On another day, Johnny Heaney kicks two or three from play. You know, as we saw against Tyrone, um. So, like, I think there's more scores in this team, you know, and Dylan McHugh often pops up with one or two, and, you know, you might get someone like Paul Conroy back, and he's worth one or two points as well, always. So, you know, I don't think we're going to see many changes against Monaghan, but I also think we're, you know, this is still a a talented team, and I think, you know, we can go to Monaghan and come away with a result. Just on Rory Cunningham, Frankie, a lot of people have been banging the drum similar to Alan about him because we've seen his quality... But from Rory's perspective, he's probably going from dominating the Galway Intermediate Championship for the last two or three years. Like from your own perspective, because it would have been similar to Rory coming into the Galway panel on the back of an impressive club campaign. How big of a jump is that? Well, I think the, the difference between me and him is I was 32 when I came in. <laughs> um, it's huge. Uh, now, again, from a personal point of view, I didn't get a whole lot of minutes I played a lot of league games maybe and come on as a sub but it's massive in in every aspect especially and it's no disrespect to intermediate but it's obviously you know a level below um senior so our senior club and then you have the step up into senior into county so like physically from the physicality point of view everyone on that pitch today for Derry like to be strong explosive athletic you know and like because you're talking the 15 best footballers in a given county on the pitch at the same time. Like everything moves quicker. Everybody thinks quicker. And it is hard to, it does take time for you to kind of get up to that level if you, you know, when within your, in your first season or whatever. So that's why if we see guys, you know, make mistakes at a young age, like you have to persevere with them if they have shown that they are talented at all the levels that they've come through you have to stick with them and that's where management comes into it and in fairness he has uh, uh, one of the, the greatest footballers ever to play for Galway full forward um, as his manager so he'll be well able to um, uh, advise him in that so like without having seen much of him um, I just think you know you just have to persevere and as supporters we have to allow mistakes and accept mistakes and, you know, give these players time. You know, when they come into panels like this at a young age, like it can be, it can be, you know, overawing, I suppose, to get up to the physicality of it and to, you know, to deal with the pressure of playing in front of big crowds as well. And you've got media and, you know, so... You know, I haven't seen much of him and I'm looking forward to seeing more of him. And what I saw against Tyrone as well, as Alan said, like just those those instincts of someone that plays in the full forward line their whole career, you know, that those quick hands that led to Sweeney's goal. It might like it might look like nothing, but the goal doesn't happen without those quick hands and that quick thinking. And I'm sure he's done that a hundred times, you know, 
in his career so far. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing more of him now, to be honest. Just uh, one other thing, Alan, in relation to the starting 15 against Monaghan. It's, it's going to be a big question for a lot of people. Is now the time to start Sean Kelly, given he's come on the last two games? Um, I suppose, yeah. So it was a game, we'd be on to five, six, seven, yeah. Yeah, like, I suppose <laughs> at this stage, there's an element, to be honest with you. I, you'd start Sean Kelly every day if you could, you know. Been, you know that, That's not, I suppose, it, there's an element of kind of, you know, putting this guy in cotton wool a little bit because he's so important. I thought it was... It's 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 amazing at the game. Like when he gets the ball now, it's just a buzz. Like uh, straight away, everyone's thinking something's going to happen. Like you know, it's it's fantastic to watch him. Um, so I'd say like absolutely, uh, Paul. You know, to to starting him, but it, again, it's all based on like how is he? Like is he? I suppose, how much training has he done into these league games? Uh, is his training load, uh, does it meet the, the demand of the met out the games that are going to be played now and stuff like that? So, um, you know, I, I would suggest to you that there's an element of, of looking at it and saying, right, can we get to a certain point in the game without him? Um, uh, and then and then bring him in. Um, particularly on the basis simply that, you know, is there, you know, has, has, he, has, he, has he enough training done um, to carry, we we'll say seventy or eighty minutes, because what we don't want to see happening is the man breaking down because you know he's kind of pushing himself uh, to to a place in terms of time on the pitch that the training hasn't hasn't allowed for him to do yet. You know, uh, because he's you know again it goes back to my point again, coming back from injury and rehabbing and all that is one thing. The next part then is to get obviously get the training load into yourself before you play the matches, so that you can play the number of minutes. Uh, required on the pitch, I would, the ideal obviously seventy plus, but you know he mightn't have that load in yet before he can play seventy minutes. So to be honest, it, it really I'd say that's the only reason. That's the only reason he's not playing at the moment is is to kind of manage that and make sure that he is fully uh, robust enough to play seventy minutes. Um, and if he is, I'd say you'll see him starting. And if he isn't, they'll hold him. You know, I'd say there's nothing more to it than that outside of a, a knock or two. And that that's important as well, because when these games are played, you know, tonight, we don't know, did any guy play through a bit of pain barrier there for, for the last 10, 15, 20 minutes and wake up or this evening or wake up in the morning with a knock that might rule them out. And all of a sudden, someone is brought in. So that's the nature of the National League. It's so, uh, it, it's, it's so tight. The time is so tight and the turnarounds are so tight that, you know, a knock um, uh, this weekend would probably keep you out for next weekend, you know? Just with the way things are at the minute, we're obviously in seventh place at the minute. Ross Common above us on three, uh, then Kerry uh, on four points, Tyrone on four points, Mayo on four points in third, and Dublin then second on four points, and then Derry top of the table at eight. There's nothing between the sides here, Frankie, from second to seventh. As we mentioned, this Monaghan game is going to be a huge battle. We haven't seen a lot of the Monaghan front runners yet, but you would expect if they're fit, they're they're back on Sunday for Monaghan. Yeah, I think uh, Monaghan always put a huge emphasis on being in Division One. Um, you know they're probably have a lot small. Well, they do have a lot of a, a smaller pool of players to pick from than some of the bigger counties like Galway, Kerry, Mayo, Dublin, etc. So, um, I think Monaghan probably play that we need to stay in Division One because if we aren't in Division One, we mightn't be back there for a long time. Um, uh, going to Clonus is a very hard thing to do to go and win. They're they're a tough, tough team to beat. Um, so I'm fully expecting uh a Monaghan here that'll come out with a fire in their belly, to be honest. I'm not I I don't know the situation in terms of, you know, who will be back for them. But like if Galway do come out of Clonus with a with a victory the next day, um no, it, it will have been hard fought and it'll be um it'll be an impressive result because you, you don't get Anthony easy in Monaghan. Yeah, I think the big three for Monaghan that they probably want back is Darren Hughes, Conor McManus and Conor McCarthy. Um, didn't see any of them today now against um, Ross Common. Just with this, Alan, it's now coming to the stage really where for Galway to stay up, it's looking like they're going to have to get 
obviously something off this Monaghan game, but then get something off Dublin Kerry, Dublin or Kerry after that. Yeah. Uh I I would say so. Well they definitely have to beat Monaghan. And um I suppose then, you know, then uh, the Kerry game is the second last game, is that correct? Dublin second last game. Exactly. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. So um yeah, probably we'll need um we'll need more than two, all right, yeah. Um uh Roscommon also have Mayo next week, isn't that right? Yeah, Saturday evening, yeah. Mm. So and is that's in Hyde, I think. That's Casabar Saturday night. Yeah. Casabar, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um like there's a there's a chance there that Roscommon could be a bit, you know, beaten Mayo. Um yeah, that bottom like it there's not going to be there's not going to be a lot in it. You're probably going to be needing already a couple a point off at least a point off the Kerry or Dublin match. Now to be honest, like like obviously Dublin were very impressive against Kerry. Um I think they, they it looked it, it they had all the signs of a team like that came out of the traps they they had they had targeted this game and um I suppose maybe they were trying to put down the marker to Kerry as well. I guess they'd meet again down the road or answer if Kerry were feeling about any intentions for the year. But um, they were very impressive in terms of how they played. But again, it's a different, every game is different and, and the conditions would be different. The pitch would be different. And what I mean by that, yeah, like Dublin playing in Crow Park um, is, is, is very different to, you know, them coming down to Pier Stadium with the breeze and, all of that, and and in fairness to Galway, the last few years, certainly in the league games, um, you know, by and large they have uh, they have always they've always put up a good a good good battle with them. Um, I suppose at, at that point, like it, 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 I think it'd be fair to say against Dublin or Kerry, you would like to see at least you know a couple of the players that are missing to be back because. That's where the that's really now where you start to, to see the experience kicking in and the physicality. Like I, I just felt the there was even, there was a marked difference even between Dublin and Kerry. I felt last night in terms of the physicality between um, the Dublin players and the Kerry players and the Dublin players coming off the bench even versus the Kerry players that came off the bench. I thought like I think there's 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 a lot in that in terms of the development of the players like. Um, there's a the wing back for for Dublin that came off he came that came on uh, I think it's McEnany's his name Greg McEnany like he came in and like he, he this is his first year playing with the Dublin seniors um, he was a Dublin under twenty one or under twenty the last couple of years fine footballer but like he is fully he's a fully developed senior like this guy is ready to play. Um, uh, I've seen him a couple of times. Saw him last year against Offaly, uh, a serious footballer. But like the, uh, the a wing forward, for instance, came in for Kerry, and uh, like you, you, you just knew by the look of him that he wasn't long on the senior panel. Um, and I, I do think like while you know SNC and physicality and strength and speed is is certainly not everything, but it's a it's it's a big issue if you don't have it. That's the best way I can put it. If you have it and you're a very good footballer, well then you're you're away with it. But um, I I think that Dublin are um, there was a marked difference in my opinion between the two teams in that regard, and Dublin made it made it count um, on that side. So maybe to come back to your point in terms of the the the, the Monning game, first of all. It'll be very difficult, uh, tough game. It was always going to be difficult, even if we had all the players going up to Monaghan and trying to beat uh, beat Monaghan in Clonus, uh, particularly in the situation that they're in. And they'll be looking at their their three games: um, uh, Galway, Tyrone, and um, Mayo. I think. Yeah. Um, uh, like at the moment, they would feel probably that they can get the six points off those three. You know, and they've done it before where they've had no wins in their first three or four games and they've come out at the end. Uh, so they probably still feel that that's, that's very achievable for them. Um, so I suppose the best thing at this point, Paul, is to kind of go down the road of next weekend and kind of the manager's lingo. But I, I think at this point, it's probably the only way to go in terms of focusing on the Monaghan game, trying to get your two points uh, and then seeing, can you get a couple of more bodies back? If you come out of that Monaghan game, as Frankie said, with, with a win, well, really, you're 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 bouncing then again, and if you add a couple of new players or more players from the from the injury list into the team, uh, well, then you can have a right quote at at, at uh, the Dublin and Kerry matches. Then, 
I think um, go to Monaghan and relish it. You know, you, you go. can't be going to Monaghan. You know, fearing the you know a loss or yeah. you know being hit by nerves and you know thinking about you know you know if we lose here we could go down and you're thinking you know it's negative energy all the time. Go to Monaghan and relish the challenge. You know that's. You know, if we want to move forward, if if God we want to go and, and, and win things, you know, that's the mentality you gotta have, you know. You gotta relish the the obstacles in your way and you you know, we wanna overcome them and go all we have to focus on now is Monaghan uh the next game, rather than looking forward to Dublin and Kerry then after that and permutations or whatever. Monaghan are what is what's in front of us now and that's what we need to focus on and, and don't be afraid of it. Especially considering after Monaghan you're gonna have a break as well. Yeah, a week before that Dublin game. It's important. Exactly. That's it's important. huge. That's huge. I think that's huge. And um, you know, like uh, to get the recovery and 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 as I is it like playing Dublin or Kerry as well. Like, there's a great thrill in that as well. Like because, like obviously, that's what you're training for. You want to be playing the matches. There'll be a bigger crowd of them. Being honest, there'll be a massive crowd of, at, at those games. Um, and and you always get you, you get an extra kick out of playing those kind of games. Mm. And as you said, then the the, 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 ex, the fact that they got the break into it, it means they can work on a few things. Um, and, uh, you know, that'd be, that, that's massive, I think. I think that's a huge thing. Well, that's all uh, we do have time for on today's podcast. Uh, thanks a million to Alan and Frankie for coming on this week's podcast. Thanks, man.